God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. You see, most people have reduced their Christian life to a passive life. They have reduced their Christian life to a passive life. A life that you do your own things whilst receiving the great things the Lord has promised. So, in our minds, we are passively receiving the great promises, the great things that are in God. We know the great things that are in God. We know the great promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. We know the intentions of God, the desire of God. But we want to receive these things passively. We want to encounter these great things in God passively. Meaning that we will live our own life, we will do our own things, we will go the direction that we want to go whilst receiving the things that the Lord has on offer for us. Hallelujah. Some even think you become better Christian as you grow. So as you age materially or as you grow physically, eventually you become a good Christian. It's like this hiding in the minds of people. What do you think? That as we are in church and we are growing in age, we will become better Christians. Passively. As we grow or we age, we will become good Christians. We will become better Christians. And all these are just a passive participation. When we go to church and we hear the word of the Lord, we start declaring, I am this of God. I am that of God. I am this of God. I am that of God. So I keep living my own life, but I am declaring that these things that have been spoken belong to me. I am a partaker of these things that have been spoken about. Hallelujah. But a Christian life is not a passive life. It is an active one. It is not one that we mindlessly pursue whilst mindfully pursuing the main things that we want to engage in. So you look at the great things that the Lord has promised in his word. You look at the promise of the Holy Spirit and you think you can passively receive the Holy Ghost with all the package that the Holy Ghost comes with passively whilst you are actively engaging in whatever life that you want to engage in. Hallelujah. We talk about the presence of God. But that presence of God it's not what we actively engage, but it's like passively, as we are there doing our own things, there is the presence of God with us. Which kind of presence of God is that? It's the wind that is blowing. It's the air that is blowing. The natural air that is blowing. And those who approach their spiritual life that way, do you know where you live? The presence of God with you is the presence of God that is with his creation. There's the presence of God that is with his creation. Like God is with or in the animals. God is with the plants. God is in his creation. That base life is what you have in you also. 
So on that level, your permission is not required to do anything. Your will is not involved. Like the way permission is not required for it to breathe in oxygen and give out carbon dioxide, you see. The way permission is not required for blood to flow through your body. The same way permission is not required for the animal to survive. The animal does not have to involve anything or the plant does not need to involve anything to start growing. Hallelujah. That presence of God that is with his creation is what will be experienced by us if we approach our spiritual life or our work with God passively. So to such people, the greatest thing they can ever get from God is that when they sleep, they will wake up. That's the greatest they can ever receive from God. Because on that level, permission is not required from you. God does not consult you how much oxygen you are buying before you start breathing. No, it is his presence with all his creation, like the way he is with the animals, like the way he is with the plants, like the way he is in his creation everywhere. Hallelujah. Now, you understand why I'm saying that most people have reduced because we're not made to live that way. With the faculty of the mind, with the faculty of the will, we're made to live a transcendent life. We're made to live a superior life, a life superior to the animal life. Can you imagine? A life superior to just the presence of God with his creation. Hallelujah. And the greatest experiences of God are those experiences that involve the will of man. It means that if you think you are experiencing anything from God but has not yet involved your will, it means you have not yet started experiencing the Lord. Who the Lord is if we really want to experience him, our will must be involved. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's a love matter. It is a union matter. It is conjunction matter. It is, I want to be joined to you. You also want to be joined to me. And when it comes to love and matters of the heart and love, we cannot talk about that without the involvement of our free will, our will. Hallelujah. So the desire of God towards us, the heart of God towards us, the intentions of God towards us are not the things that are outside our will, are not the things that do not involve our will. They are the things that engage our will. They are the things that engage our will. The greatest and the highest experiences of God are the points where our will is involved. Hallelujah. They are the points where our will is involved. So if it is just sleeping and waking up, that one, oh, you can just sleep and wake up. If it is just getting food to eat, you can just get food to eat. If it is just going and coming, you can just go and come. But when it comes to receiving what really is in the Lord, receiving really what the Lord made man for, when it comes to that thing, a decision has to be made. It has to be an encounter with our will. It has to be an experience which involves our will. Hallelujah. And when you meet the Lord, truly, 
you realize that all that the Lord has on offer are the things that require your will. In John chapter 6, Jesus started feeding some people because it was just bread. You see, if bread comes, that one, you just need to feel hungry and you will eat. But when Jesus started talking about matters of the Spirit, Jesus left the place to Capernaum. They crossed and also chased him there because he gave them bread to eat. When Jesus saw that, he said, labor not for the meat <laughs> which perisheth, but for that which endureth unto everlasting life. That is where we started being offended and we started looking back. Because the first encounter where we ate bread, that one didn't require us to overcome any evil with us for us to eat the bread. You just have to be hungry. It's when it comes to those things, even if you are not hungry, you can still eat some. Because I've been, you see, there's free bread. There's food. So even if you are not hungry, you want to do a little top up so that if it's lunch, then it means that you cover the supper. If you could only eat for like one month storage, if you could store. You see? The people even wanted to make Jesus their king. They wanted to make him king because he gave them bread. So we call the Lord our Lord because when we slept, he helped us to wake up. When we needed food, the Lord gave us food. When we were on the road, the Lord helped us and took us to and fro. And we are fine. They wanted to make him king. But when Jesus started talking about the things that will involve their will, when he started talking about spiritual things, the thing that you cannot just come and experience, the thing that you cannot just come and take and eat, the thing that is for those who really want it, they were exposed. They became offended and they left Jesus. It means that the communication had taken a different turn. Now, what is available, what really the Lord has on offer, is not the thing that can be engaged in outside our will. They are the things that ought to involve our will. So the Lord asked his disciples, when he turned and the people are there, he asked his disciples, will ye also go away? Hallelujah. Will you also go away? At this point, a decision has to be made. Because what is now available is for those who will truly want it. Will you also go away? Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the, what? The word of life, eternal life. Lord, to whom shall we go? Hmm. Thou has the words of eternal life. So at this point, those who remain with the Lord are those who have seen something that is superior to just the thing that does not really engage their will. Are those who are willing to choose the Lord. Are those who are really desirous of the Lord and what he has on offer. Hallelujah. The Christian life is not a passive one. The Christianity that makes you passive and still think you are a Christian is no Christianity. You are living the subconscious life, the life that does not involve your will, the life that does not place a demand on your will. And that kind of life, you may think God loves you, but you've not experienced anything because when love comes, it demands love. 
when love is revealed, it places a demand on our will. You can't hold on to your will and still embrace the love that the Lord has for you. No. Hallelujah. Sister, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. In John 6, 5, Jesus wanted to heal the guy. It's like the communication has gotten to another level. When it comes to Jesus giving us something, or the Lord giving us something and we receiving from him, please, at that point, will is involved. It's either you want it or you don't want it. Jesus asked the guy in John 5, 6, he asked him whether he wants to be made whole. Do you understand? So Jesus has seen the guy. The guy acknowledges the problem with him. Now Jesus has the solution. But what will make this solution to move towards the guy is the fact that the guy is willing. When Jesus saw him lying, knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? Are you willing to be made whole? Are you willing to receive what the Lord has on offer? Are you willing to encounter the Lord in a deeper way? Are you willing? Hallelujah. And we see this in the scriptures. Commit thy way to the Lord and he shall direct your path. You see, when we see this thing, it's like, these are not mental things. When the scripture tells you to trust in the Lord, there ought to be an involvement of your will. When the scripture speaks about committing your way to the Lord, it's not when you are moving out and you pray that, Lord, I commit my way to you. No. That's not how it is. You commit your way to the Lord by submitting the wisdom that you have, the will that is with you. You submit it to what is flowing from the Lord towards you. That's what the one who also trusts in the Lord does. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall do what? Direct your path. It is not when you are going out there, you pray, Lord, as I go out, I commit my way in your hands. No. So, this kind of communication in the scriptures take the relationship to another level. It is on the level where now what is with the Lord reside, come to dwell with us. It is the communication that involves us overcoming our own evil wills for his will to be done in our hearts. And that requires an activity. It requires us taking active steps for us to receive these things which really belong to the Lord. So those who are not actively involving their will in their work with God, nothing is happening. No. The message that does not teach you to overcome the evils with you, overcome your evil will to be able to be available for what the Lord has on offer for you, that message that does not teach you to do these things does not carry or convey anything spiritual unto us. Anything that the Lord is. Anything that the Lord has on offer for us. It does not convey anything like that unto us. Hallelujah. So, for some time we've been talking about the Spirit of God. And how the Lord seeks to dwell in us and operate through us. And the dimensions that the Lord desires to take us in the spirit. And as we are hearing this, we may think that as we keep hearing and we keep hearing, eventually 
we will experience what the Lord has prepared for us. But my point is that no, we do not just by hearing experience what the Lord has on offer for us. We have to actively engage our will. We have to actively engage our understanding to be able to receive, to be able to partake of these things that the Lord has on offer for us. About these spiritual things, these deep things that the Lord is bringing to our attention, we have to involve, we have to take active steps for this to be fulfilled in us. Do you know when you meet the Lord, what he will do for you? He will save you. That's what the Lord will do for you. When you meet the Lord, he will save you. And when it comes to salvation, we don't save the one who does not need salvation. We save the one who acknowledges that what is within is killing him. What is within is death, hence needs the savior. It means that at that point, you are willing to forego what is with you so that you'll be able to receive the life that the Lord desires to bring unto you. So we look at the natural life. We look at the carnal life. And we see that there's no life there. There's no eternal life there. There's nothing of God there. So we seek to overcome this evil heart, we seek to overcome this false mind, false understanding, so that we can receive a new heart and a new spirit from the Lord, so that the Lord can come and dwell in and with us. So when you meet the Lord, he will save you. And that is the greatest experience you can have with God. It is not life on the subconscious level where you don't have to choose anything and you sleep and wake up and you go and come. No. That's not the Christian life. That is the natural life. That is the life that is with every creation of God. Hallelujah. So, the things that we are hearing, hmm, when you hear the word of God, eh, the word of God, first of all, prints or paint hope unto you, right? We know that. Then, by engagement, we move from that hope to faith. And that is when the Lord has come. That is when the presence of the Holy Ghost is with us. Hallelujah. Now, you see, with this understanding, you may think that as we come to church and we are being preached to, hope is painted to you. Hope is painted. But are you hopeful? Do you see that hope with you? Hope is painted. What is the aim of that hope that is painted? The aim is that it will bring you to faith, right? At this point, this is where we are led. This is where we are guided. This is where we are fed. This is where we are guarded by the Lord till faith comes. It means that if we are not engaging, if we are not taking any step that will lead us to faith, this hope that was painted was painted, but to us, nothing has been painted. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12. Are you following? Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. This one before whom hope has been painted. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So, because of what you see, the promise, the possibilities that you see the Lord bringing to you, you give yourself for the times of temptation, you give yourself for when 
trials and troubles will come. You give yourself for every discipline. Because this hope that has been painted, you have also taken this hope and put it before you. It has become your focus. Hallelujah. When the word of the Lord comes to us, we taste of a certain joy. It is not joy that has been appropriated unto us. We see the possibility of entering this joy, but we begin to taste this more when the word of the Lord comes to us. Now, the point is that by this, we'll be able to endure, we'll be able to go through the processes that ought to be engaged so that we'll enter the promise. So that we'll enter the possibilities that has been painted before us. Hallelujah. If we leave church without this hope painted before us, we'll go and the message will not place any demand on our love. The message will not place any demand on our will. The message will not engage us in any way. So we'll go and come back and we'll think that as we go and come back and we keep living and hearing the message, one day, one day, the spirit of the Lord will descend upon us. And my point is now, no, that's not how it works. We engage in hope. The word of the Lord, that paints hope to us. We engage in that word of God. By that word, we endure the cross. So we take steps. And they are not passive steps. We take active steps. So the Bible says that who for the joy. And this is the beginning of faith. This is the beginning of the coming of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not coming because there is something that stands in the way. When the word of the Lord comes to us, we see the possibility. We see the intentions of God. We see the mind of God, the heart of God towards us. The possibility of this promise being fulfilled. Now we take the word of the Lord and by this word, that painted hope to us, the word of God helped us to see that, oh, it is possible to achieve these things. We take it and we engage in that word. How? That word that paints hope to us, instructs us. Instruct you to leave this thing behind. To take up this path. To stop doing this thing. To increase in this thing. Specific instructions based on our unique vessels and how far we have come with the Lord. Specific instructions come to us. So when hope is painted to us, this is where we are guided, this is where we are led, this is where we are instructed and all that. So as hope has come to us, I'm talking about the author of faith. You see, it has begun. The coming of the Lord has begun, but it has not come yet. Because this process leads us to the point where what stands in the way is removed so that what ought to come will come. Hallelujah. So we actively engage the word of God that has come unto us. And by that engagement, the Lord was painted to us. The point was not that he would just be painted to us. The point is that we will experience him. As he has been painted unto us, if we go on to follow, if this hope that has been set before us become our hope also, and we follow the instructions that we are being led on, we follow the path that we are being led on, by these instructions, then we will enter the place where now he is the finisher of our faith. We enter the place where now the Spirit comes. We enter the place where now we experience the Spirit. As I was preparing, I saw men and women who were casting their hearts before the Lord, that the Lord may consume them. Hallelujah. And I don't want you to resist the Lord as he is encroaching. As he is encroaching. I heard people who said, enough is enough. This is the day we throw all aside to really follow the Lord, to really submit to the Lord. Hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, 
Do you understand why he's the author and finisher of our faith? Right? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You see, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. The things that seek to suck spiritual life from us are many. So there must be something behind us, something backing us, that will lead us to go on the spiritual path. So even when we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death, we'll keep going. Why? Because the Lord is with us. We are carrying the word of God with which we are fighting. We are pushing through. You see? It says that, who for the joy that was set before him? Something has to be set before you. And that is the word that we receive in the external, the promise. So the promise that comes to us, the possibility that is painted to us, they have to be sweet to us. If you are not interested, you cannot begin a spiritual journey as far as that truth is concerned. This is how we begin a spiritual journey. When you see your need for the Lord, that is how we begin a spiritual journey. Without this need, I'm not talking about all of us are need, like you, your need. If you do not see it, you cannot begin a spiritual journey. You cannot begin a walk with God. Because between us and God, one must be needful and one must be, what? Sufficient, yes. The one who is sufficient desires to give what he has. And the one who is needful must be willing to receive what is being given. It is a union. No? That is why even in the natural, when you love someone, you have to go and propose. You have to go and propose. Oh. And you don't do yourself like, yes, I mean, yes, sure, I yes, sure, yes, 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 if someone comes to propose to you and you find a guy is not sure, will you accept? You won't. It's only Pastor Wendy who will not accept. The rest of you there, you accept. It is a union. I in you, you in me. What is of you becomes mine. What is of me becomes yours. It is conjunction. Union, union, union. Hallelujah. So what is with you must permit what I have on offer to come. The Lord being sufficient and we being needful, room must be created for that flow to be possible. And that room is created when we engage the word, the external word that comes to us. When we actively engage it, that's when we create room for the Lord to come. Hallelujah. So when you say, when the word of the Lord comes to us, hope is set, and by that we enter faith. It's not like, as hope has been set, we will enter faith. Too. No. That is when the battle begins. And I've seen most people lose the word of God, lose the promise of God, lose many powerful things, the coming of the Lord, because they were unwilling to engage in the word that came to them. When that happens, you become hardened. You become hardened. As I'm preaching, I feel like, ah, it's not the same way, I said that. But I could see, say, that's the point. Ecosystem. Ecosystem. And internet will say, preaching a view. So, we say, Ecosystem, best time be preaching a view. Hallelujah. But I felt the heart of God, like, seriously. This is where most of us will lose the word of God. So as we sleep and we wake up, there's nothing before us. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What has been said before you? So the word of God that comes to us like through the preaching, set something before us that will help us to endure the cross. We engage the word that comes to us. 
till we experience the promise of God, till we perceive from a renewed will, till the Lord resides and dwells with us. Hallelujah. So we need to engage ourselves. Who for the joy that was said before him? This is like when I see this now, then I start remembering some of the word that I lost and some of the promise. How many of us have lost things? Like the word of God came to us and we saw, hey, but we lost it. Nothing happened. <laughs> How many of us? Yes. And I realized that, ah, I did not give myself more for the joy to be said before me. Who for the joy that was said before him? It is a cooperation with God, though. Like, this is a serious business. If this joy is not said before us, we will keep hearing the word of God and we will think that as we keep here one day, one day, Holy Ghost will come upon us and will become ah, the apostle to the nations and to Asia. <laughs> and you see, the calling that we have received of God, eh, we need a spirit. Like, we need more spirits. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need more spirits. Do you know where God wants to be? God wants to enter the deepest of wills and understanding. He wants to reach men in the deepest form, in the deepest way. That work cannot be achieved without the Spirit of God. To be able to influence the will and the understanding of men. Do you know what it means? We cannot achieve that when we ourselves we have not given our will and our understanding to be affected by the Lord. So we have a huge responsibility. There are a lot of engagement that we ought to do. The Bible speaks about while we look not at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen they are eternal. These are the things that we have to be engaging in. We engage in the things that are not seen. We engage in the thing that has not yet come. We allow the joy to be set before us. In its full strength without any inhibition. Hallelujah. We need strong spirits. And that is what the Lord has promised us. But my point is that we cannot be hearing about strong spirits without taking any conscious step, any active step and receive a strong spirit. That is not possible. But what we have to do, if we'll be relevant in what the Lord is up to, we need this strong spirit. So the message that the Lord brings to us is not like, no. There's an agenda. There's something that the Lord is up to. And we are a part of it. We are major stakeholders of what the Lord is doing. And for that to be accomplished, you have to be people with strong spirits. Hallelujah. Most times we are not able to endure the cross, because we did not allow the word of God to fully instruct us. We did not allow the word of God to fully instruct us. We did not go on to see the hope that is being painted. We did not allow ourselves for that hope to be painted before us. We did not allow ourselves for that hope to be painted before us. Some of us, as we are in church, we are on our phones. Not typing the messages, so we are just on our phones. We are doing things. Anything different from what is happening here. How will you rise for the Lord? 
we are not here. We are sitting here, but we are not here. So why did you come? Some of us, when we leave church, nothing happens to us. We have nothing to go and push for. And the enemy has robbed us of our inheritance for so long. Look at the quantum of messages that has come to us. We've been robbed. But if we allow the word of the Lord, that paint hope, to stand before us as we are leaving church, as we are sleeping, as we are waking up, we'll have a cause to fight. We have a reason to endure the cross. We have a reason to endure the cross, despising the shame, and it sits down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. This is the way to go. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Now we are to consider him. In that same manner, we are supposed to go. We are supposed to engage in the word of God. Oh, there must be something to aspire onto. All the time. The reason why when you wake up, you want to do something, but it's like you don't find anything to do is because when the word was painted before you, when hope came, it didn't make you hopeful. Nothing happened to you. That's why that you are not seeing anything. If you don't see anything, what will you get? You won't get anything. What you see is what will be yours. So I'm not talking about like what they say that see and become. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Seeing it means that it's directing you. It is leading you on a certain path. You are engaging in something. It is instructing you. If you don't see it, you cannot receive it. Hallelujah. That's why we read the scripture that says that while we look not at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things that are seen, they are temporal. But the things that are not seen, they are eternal. Those are the things that we are engaging. And what you see is what will become yours. So you even forget yourself. There may be on Wednesday, you remember, shall have to do something. But when you want to do something for the Lord, like there's nothing. You are lost. The hope that was set before you did not become hope to you. It did not mean anything to you. And because of that, you have no aspiration. You have nothing to reach onto. You have nothing to aspire onto. Hallelujah. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. What will let you do this? Hallelujah. Unless something has been injected into your heart, you cannot resist unto blood, striving against sin, striving against that which stands in the way. Hallelujah. So, you realize that you always fall short. We always fall short. Some of us, we have to see the role we are supposed to play in God's plan. What we've been called to do as a ministry, there's a specific role that you have been called to play. It is not in someone prophesying to you that this is what you've been called to do. 
when someone prophesied to you that this is what you've been called to be, you won't do it. Why? Because that's not how we get to know. We engage in the heart of God as it is revealed unto us. And in that engagement, we find what the Lord wants us to do. We can't be coming to church and just coming and going and coming and going and we have nothing to offer. No. Then the Spirit has not come. Whenever the Spirit comes, say that ye shall be witnesses. When the Spirit comes, we have something to offer. We have something to offer. We have something to offer. When the Spirit comes, He operates through us. And we are not willing to let anything pass by. Full of the Spirit. And this ought to be our disposition. Each and every one of us. Hallelujah. We all have to strive to be filled with the Spirit. We all have to strive to be filled with the Spirit. That's our calling. That's our inheritance. This year we are striving for mastery, right? Yeah. These are the things that ought to be done. The word of God cannot just come to us and that is all. No. Cannot just come to us and that is all. You have to engage the word of God. It should make us hopeful. We should see it. And by that, follow the instructions that it brings. We don't sit down waiting to see something they will say, ah, the spirit has come. No, the spirit will not come that way. If something comes, it is not the spirit. Hallelujah. You know, we say the Holy Spirit, and because it's the Lord coming to us, but the Holy Spirit is also the spirit that is at work in holy men. That spirit that is operational in holy men, men who have been consecrated unto the Lord, that is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So you can't just be sitting down without engaging your will, without engaging anything and say the spirit has come. No. There must be a certain engagement. There must be an active engagement. A certain giving away of our will so that the Lord's will will fill us. This is our calling on. Hallelujah. This is our calling. This is our calling. And we all have to strive for this calling. We all have to strive for what the Lord has on offer for us. Hallelujah. Are you getting my message? Is it clear? Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. We have to take territories for the Lord. The Lord will take over the heart of men, but that work will be done in conjunction with us. When we cooperate with God, then this desire of God will be made possible. You see? Four spirits. Four spirits. And I believe if you go this way, we will not be robbed again. Hallelujah. We will fully maximize everything that the Lord brings to our attention. That is proper Christianity. Not the Christianity that, oh, yeah, we're there. Nah, one I'm high. No. That's nothing. The Christianity that we are not overcoming, the Christianity that we are not leaving behind anything. What kind of Christianity is that? Then everybody in the world is a Christian. Or you think because you walk to the altar, that is your part. 
Who can't walk to the altar? Who can't? Take some steps in front. <laughs> People will even clap for you these days. That's what they will do. When you come, they will start clapping for you. So, Koji fans, Keke, now call back. Who can't? When the thing is convenient for us, that one, we go in that day. If it is not convenient for us, we don't. What kind of Christianity is that? It is nothing. The Christianity that does not engage your will, does not transform. You are like the people who eat bread. When the communication was taken to another level where their will will be involved, they said no. They were offended. They went back. So the question comes again. Will you also go away? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That response, oh, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? See, it speaks of one who has surrounded and is willing to forgo anything and is willing to give up all. Why? Because he has the word of eternal life. And the word of eternal life is more precious to us than bread. The word of eternal life is more precious to us than any other thing that this world will offer us. Hallelujah. We allow the word of God to have its free course with us. And by that, the Lord is able to operate in and through us. Hallelujah. The Lord is able to operate in and through us. We need strong spirits. Hallelujah. We need strong spirit. And that is the promise of God unto us. The Lord has promised us strong spirit. Strong spirit. Strong spirit. Listen, that when you read Hebrews 11, it's like these men, they were special men. But they were normal men like us. They, they took certain steps that made them look special. If normal men took those steps, we can also take those steps. We can be men and women who are full of the Spirit of God. It's like we are in step with the Lord. It is possible. Hallelujah. It is possible. We have to work our way there, but it is possible. And if we take it up to follow through, we also see the hand of God that is present with us to help us. Hallelujah. Amen. We see the hand of God that is present with us to help us. May the Lord help us. Hallelujah.